Welcome to the Inner Glow Getter podcast, the podcast for you, the woman who is pushing the boundaries, expanding your consciousness, and doesn't take no for an answer. This podcast will help you reduce the overwhelm, tune back into you, take back control of your health, embrace your most authentic self, and show up as your most confident, aligned, and powerful you. We do the inner work together through the safe space for you to come learn, grow, and gain knowledge in areas of your life such as body confidence, hormones, feminine flow, money, well-being, spirituality, fitness, and mindset, and so much more. Let's get started. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, yeah, welcome. And um, let's start with uh, what you do and how you came to do what you do. Yeah, I mean, firstly, thank you for having me. I'm really, really happy to connect with you. Um, but yeah, I'm Carly Ann. So I am a relationship and self esteem coach. So what I'm doing is I'm helping women to build their self-esteem so that they can stop repeating really painful patterns in their love life, in their relationships, in dating, and with the relationship they have with themselves. I do it slightly different in that I go for like a full mind body soul abundance approach to really get to the core of why you don't value yourself why you don't allow yourself to be in safe healthy relationships and you know approach those fears so that you can essentially experience deep significant transformations in terms of healing yourself and yeah having those healthy happy fulfilling relationships and not just romantic relationships you know um and how I came to be here do you mean how I came to be here doing this work exactly yeah but feel free to interpret the question any way you like <laughs> it's a funny question for me because one of the quite significant I guess um experiences for me throughout my life was to not speak my truth not it was to literally not tell my story um so that's a question where I'm always like what do you mean tell you about my story um but yeah so I mean I came to doing this job because it's my personal experience of being anxious insecure confused about relationships and love and dating and all of those things and I had no idea of that I had no idea that I didn't know my worth or anything like that and that's through uh you know a very chaotic childhood um went you know through my 20s just wildly dating and settling and doing all of the things that I just thought was right and normal and that yeah that was just love and these are just the people that I fancy and this is yeah I do fall hard and I do fall quickly and that's just who I am mm. um, and then it was becoming more painful and more painful and more painful and then one day I realized that I was the common denominator there and really started to dive into that it was after a, a breakup when I was about 29 it was a really significant moment for me and all of a sudden I could just see this pattern and I was falling back into the pattern after the breakup with the people that I was dating and yeah I just slowly come to realize that there was a lot of hurt within me my there was a lot of unhealed abandonment wounds that were showing up mainly for me in love and relationships but to be honest with you I can put it into any other area of my life that's just where the most significant pain was showing up um, so that's what really caught my attention. And I remember when I was younger, actually, always thinking, I really want to help children. I really want to help um, children who, you know, have been through like what I'm going through or been through. That's going to be my life's work. And 
in a way, and I never did work with children, but in a way I kind of see it as um, I have wound up working with the people who, yeah, had similar experiences to me. Um, so it's been kind of a sort of a long way kind of getting here, but yeah, here we are helping people to see the kind of love that they deserve and heal that relationship with themselves. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and I think what really stood out to me when you're describing that is, yeah, you say your, your different approach in terms of bringing the abundance and mindset to it. I think that's otherwise you could risk like a Band-Aid solution to something that's much deeper. And um, the other thing that stood out to me is you don't know what you don't know. And I think I recently found out I'm of the anxious attachment style as well. And um, yeah, like that was totally mind blowing. And then uh, what I wanted to ask you about was how it shows up in other aspects of your life. Yeah, and I just to touch on, cause you're so right about the band-aid approach. And I think it there's a time and place for it in order to keep yourself safe and things like that. But you're, you're so right, it goes, yeah, deeper than that. And that is again, other areas of, of my life. So I guess the main areas, if I really think of where it has shown up. So I always tend to think about it in terms of work, career, my daily habits, um, and other, you know, other just goals that I might have, but mainly I really see it as playing small and dimming that light and caring so much about what other people would think would they think that I'm stupid would they think that I'm mad I always did kind of follow the path in that I did uh, work in mental health and substance misuse I was always helping people but actually I remember from about early early 20s way before anyone was talking about coaching um because obviously now it's it's everywhere um <laughs> I wanted to be a coach I wanted to be a life coach and I I didn't know how I didn't know what it meant really I just always knew that's what I wanted it was only really life coach was the only thing that was described um or it was called back then and I just never, I didn't say it out loud. I think a couple of times I did, but I was embarrassed. I just played small and I didn't believe that I could do it. Throughout my 20s, I stayed in a job that, yes, I was proud of. And I learned so, so much, you know, working in um, like prisons and community settings, helping people with substance misuse. I wouldn't change it for the world, but I stayed there until I was really really bored and low and down and just not putting myself out there and friends would have no idea because I always had a smile on my face I was strong determined feisty would say what's on my mind direct you know all of these things um, but I didn't know how to keep a promise to myself I didn't know how to show up for myself I didn't know how to do the things I said I wanted to do so and that shows up everywhere right from I want to go to that gym class at 6am but who keep I don't keep promises with myself so yeah wow gosh yeah everything you're saying is resonating with me on that yeah incredible and uh on your website you mentioned that um know it to know that you're not crazy you're not too much and you're not too, too needy and how how would you help people how do you help people understand that because I know what was kind of mind-blowing when I realized especially my attachment style is oh people are not not everyone's like this in a relationship like <laughs> how I am and it was kind of I think it's also potentially the media perpetuates it as well like how women are in relationship and um yeah that was quite mind-blowing <laughs> to be like oh yeah that not everyone's like me in a relationship mm. no a lot of people yeah a lot of people are secure in their I remember like I mean there's not a specific thing coming to my mind I know it's happened plenty of times but friends who I have that would just spend really easy time apart from their partner 
um, and it wouldn't bother them. They, they did, well, it seemed to me they didn't seem to have a big fear that their partner was off going to meet someone else or was going to fall in love with someone else or cheat on them or, le- or the space meant they don't love them, whatever it is. And so I guess looking back, there must have been an element of me that thought, um, that's strange that they don't think, how do they not think that? So it was normal to me. I didn't realise that it was, yeah, unusual that I did think that or I did feel that. Um, and the the crazy, the needy too much, there's absolutely that, even if you just think about people gossiping, like, oh my gosh, she's got a crazy side though. Yeah, like, uh, the, you know, their mm. new friend or new girlfriend is, is nice, but she's got a crazy side and you go along with it and it's wrong to be jealous and it's wrong to be insecure and it's wrong to feel the feels. And I'm not saying, I, I'm the first to say, I'm not making excuses for behaviours that are, Um, controlling or unacceptable and things like that Um, but they do come from a place of insecurity it's our job or your job to figure out how to manage that so you're not behaving inappropriately in those moments absolutely Um, but if you're just in the process of realizing that then you're going to have to give yourself a break you know, um, because of the place that it's coming from. And I know it's not ideal. And it makes you feel crazy enough that to be told you're crazy is a whole other situation. And and then we're looking at it from, yes, there's the general just idea of, oh, yeah, they're crazy or that's needy and insecure and too much and all of those things. Then there's the people who say that intentionally um, to make you feel like rubbish and to keep you small and whatever it might be because that's the person that you're spending time with or who you're surrounding yourself with but then there's the fact that you believe it yourself and I just think the very first thing because I know that when you're in it it's so hard to take the responsibility and see your role that I use those words because I know that that's how we can feel we can feel crazy needy and we are needy um too much and all of those things that I think if I use that language maybe people are going to hear like ah okay at least just to get your attention that yes you feel this way it's okay there's something you can mm. do about it mm. yes I love that and I think this is the reason why I really wanted to bring you onto the podcast and talk about topics is like like this is because I notice in myself that my stress levels um when you start to identify things like this and process them and work with it like it, it does adjust how you can you know manage things and your stress levels and could you speak to that experience from your own experience like when you say stress levels tell me a bit more well I guess it comes from not only being in in a relationship but also your relationship with yourself and then the how the anxious attachment style can show up like you said you're in self-trust and that kind of thing like um I think especially since, yeah, I think especially since identifying my attachment style, there's been much more of a calmness, which is, yeah, really interesting. (laughs) Just identifying it, just being able to say, ah, this is my, like at the moment, my attachment system is activated right now. The wound that this is all coming from is fully exposed and when that is exposed and it will be exposed when someone doesn't message you back or you get some kind of idea or inkling into your head that they are not feeling the same or someone's judging you whatever it might be abandonment is on on your radar you know rejection Mm -hmm. is on your radar and that um that wound is at that point exposed it's open and it's so so uncomfortable that all you know all you've learned from whenever or wherever you learned it is I have to cover this wound back up right now the wound is essentially making you feel not good enough um we've all got our own individual ones but somewhere that's going to be if I was to generalize it the wound is telling you you're not good enough. That is the most uncomfortable feeling. It's a feeling of abandonment and you have to do anything in that moment that you possibly can to get it covered back up and you're not thinking straight. You're very, very stressed. You're very, very anxious. Every physical alarm bell is going off. Your thoughts are telling you the really, really unhelpful stories about what's going on in order to get you to cover this wound back up. 
and we do exactly what we said earlier we put the plaster on um or we at least try and get the plaster on whether that's in getting close to someone trying to reattach to someone change their mind um but we can heal that for ourselves quicker calmer nicer and the very first step is just like you said ah that's my anxious attachment my face i always say to people um one of the things that happens for me when that wound is wide open is my face goes really numb um that's so interesting I'm, yeah and I, it's like an out-of-body experience and it's hard to concentrate on the conversation in front of me. Um, but now I can, all of that, all of that, I can go, okay, I know what's happening. And then I get to be there for myself in that moment. I understand there's something hurts, you know, there's a fear here, something's being triggered. And I, that's when I can then make the decision to essentially look after that little girl who is like screaming you know <laughs> big time big time that is so interesting about your face going numb yeah. like yeah. wow <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really important I think that the physical symptoms a lot of people will think it's too late if they even notice them um when you start you know the heart rate starts going and you start getting angry or what, whatever your cycle is um but it's not too late they can be your greatest sign to step in before this goes into self-destruction curious question like what is your thoughts on uh like if you have an anxious attachment style on addressing it when you're in a relationship versus outside of a relationship do you have any thoughts on that I do have thoughts on it um because it gets asked a lot actually but look you just have to meet yourself where you are would it is it probably easier to be able to do that work on yourself and then go into a relationship and deal with all the the other wounds and the, the way it's going to bring up the attachment of course yes um to be able to have that time to yourself to heal and to do the work that it really takes and because it's heavy and it brings stuff up and yeah it's a process however you can absolutely do it if you're in a relationship. If you are waking up now and you you meet yourself where you are and you've got hopefully someone who will hold that space for you as well, then yes, you can do it in a relationship. There's too much evidence out there. There's too many people who have the experience of doing the, that work in a relationship to say that they can't. Um, there are stories of people who will say, I did. So you can. Mm, so you know. true. So true. Mm. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah of <laughs> Would you like to tell us a bit about? I noticed on your website that you speak about the secure style. Would you be able to delve into that a little bit further? Yeah the the secure like framework that I use, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's not. Um, yeah, I haven't used this directly for a little while because I have moved it around a little bit to be um, a bit more like the mind, body, soul, abundance approach that we spoke about. Um, but it all fits in together. And actually, you just saying it has made me think. Oh my god, do I want to run that program again? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I ran a program, I think it might have been at the end of last year called Becoming Secure and it was using the secure formula. Um, and now I'm just like, oh God, but no, I, I'm doing too many other things. I'm not going to bring it back. Um, <laughs> that's what, that's the way that I, yeah, I'll, I'll do it otherwise. Um, so basically what you're looking at is the very first one, um, the the, so it's an acronym. The S is around self-compassion in telling your story. So it's kind of a double S, if you like. Um, it's the having compassion and understanding and owning your story. Because if you think back to what I said at the beginning, that is something I didn't do for a really, really long time. It was my greatest skill growing up and in life was to hide my story and to not say it out loud and to protect um, loved ones and things like that. So it is first and foremost, what's your story and own it. You can't change it. It's not who you are. 
you know and I think too often we try to hide who we are we try to be someone else we think for me it was a feeling of being inferior and that's what I see a lot with the people that I work with um the next your story in terms of like childhood life and like your yeah everything <laughs> like you childhood for me was a huge part of the story owning that it might be how you have shown up in a relationship it might be owning that part of your story is your anxious attachment right now it might be it's owning really the parts of you that you can't change they exist and you can't hide from them forever you know you can't hide from it forever I thought you could <laughs> it turns <laughs> out you can't because it finds a way out and it's usually something to do with that most distressing pattern that you keep repeating mm. and you know you want to you say that you want this kind of relationship and you want this kind of life and you want to be this sort of person and, and do these things but yet you want to hide a part of who you are it, it doesn't work like that you know so and I just think whatever it means to you I think when people hear me say it's time to own your story people probably know you know that and if they don't know then that will be part of the work to do Mm. I wonder mm. if that can manifest in different ways because what came to me is that I think the story that that I've had personally and I don't mind sharing it is that mine is um like too complex to to put into a nutshell kind of thing or or and maybe that's because I haven't been able in completely to come to terms with it and then but yeah I wonder <laughs> it's funny you say that because I have been having therapy now for a little while and um, one of my stories that I kept saying was but it, it's there's so much you know there's it's it felt easier for me to tell her the parts where I did feel safe in my life because there were so few of them <laughs> that it was like it's easier for me to tell you the times where it felt where I felt good or things were okay because there's so few of them I, I know where to start I can remember them the other stuff is it's a lot and I think first it is just it might just be writing your story out you know mm -hmm. doing a little timeline um but owning it I love that I love that and in relationship as well I know personally from experiencing anxious attachment style like the behaviors like the protest behaviors that can come out when you're in relationship and being a little bit embarrassed about them like definitely haven't owned that in the past either yeah, exactly and the more you own your story the more you understand those protest behaviors and that you know owning how they've shown up in the past because look I've done a lot of embarrassing things I've done many things I'm not proud of when I'm in that state and have to own it you know and they don't predict who I am now they don't predict who I'm going to be in the future they don't predict my future relationships um so yeah and you know what we all have our stuff mm. we've all got exactly. it totally totally yeah sure. yeah and there's probably some gifts to like to an anxious attachment style a little bit like we're usually highly em empathetic we were like really sensitive to people's energies, good listeners potentially as well. <laughs> like amazing partners. It's a, it's look, it's not a tiny part when the emotion is so intense. When the emotion is so intense, it's hard to say it's tiny because um, that it feels so, so big that it feels like it's everything, all the parts of you and you know, if it's happening time and time again, it's creating more issues in relationships or dating, whatever it might be, then you're going to start to really notice them. But it is a it's a tiny part of who you are. There's so much more to you than your attachment style, you know? And I always say that to people that someone who is secure is not better than someone who is anxious. They're not a better person than you. Um, that's not the way it works you, one 
attachment style isn't better than the other you know like we all think the um the avoidant is the villain you know and the the anxious one is the the needy one and it's just like this is all that has happened here is people had to learn to cope because it is our instinct and job to keep ourselves safe that's all that's happened but it is now the job to undo that as well you know and to heal go deep and heal that and that's not easy to do totally totally just based on like learned behavior right and it could be from childhood and yeah. mm. learned behavior and what you you put into place in those moments mm. totally the next one is really looking at emotional intelligence so this is life life-changing honestly is to understand what happens with through your body your mind body and soul when you experience certain emotions to be able to name your emotions to be able to start to regulate when emotion takes over your body and understand how that links to the way that you think and how that emotion makes you want to act you know the emotion needs to motion to start to be able to recognize your emotions that is how you stand in your power to be able to we were talking about Melanie Ann Leo right mm. I remember seeing her say something once about um your bridge to the world so I guess she was talking about emotions I can't really remember that whole part but the the bridge from who you are what you're feeling and what's going on is the way that you communicate you know and we have to we have to communicate from a not have to ideally we <laughs> communicate from a place of power and I mean that in the sense of you have regulated yourself you've understood what's going on in that moment and then you're able to communicate that to the world or to yourself in a way that is safe and a way that still protects you but you haven't lost yourself. Mm, definitely. Yes. Yeah. I love the way Melanie speaks about emotional intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So to be able to regulate that and it's, you know, my background isn't, we will talk about this in a second, but my um, background is in cognitive um, behavioral therapy so very much about the thought work very much about the behavior work and yes of course we talk about the emotions and the link to that but it's kind of left behind a little bit um even like I say just to name your emotions and people often can't do that and to not feel shame around certain emotions especially ones like insecurity and jealousy and things like that yeah I love how you refer to yeah like taking back your power emotion leads to motion and when you catch it not catch it early but identify it early then you can change behaviors as well and um create new patterns and yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know and I was totally guilty of this and this is where I I have to guide people because I'm here to meet you where you are but also I've got this advantage of one I it's, I know that it's just what I'm here to do um so like professionally on all of those things, but also this personal experience, because, you know, we, we tend to go to people who are just a bit ahead of us in that journey. Um, and I see people wanting to just work on the external world. Okay, if I can just not text them, if I can not look silly to them, if I can just show up in a way that that's okay, and then they won't think I'm crazy. That's all great, but your internal world still really hurts, you know? white knuckling it to try and behave in a certain way what if you could be free from it though mm. what if it didn't have to be an intense yeah and you you were free from it yeah gosh that's so true yeah <laughs> but to be able to experience it in a new way yeah never works hey micromanaging every aspect <laughs> This is it, but that's what we try to do. So, and it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's not, and it's not the healing work, whether you 
what someone else thinks about you and how you're coming across to them and whether they want to go on another date that isn't an indication of whether you're healing or not Mm, so true I love that it's more about (laughs) how you feel inside Mm. see (laughs) see is cognitive restructuring so look that's where my background is and a huge part of my heart is there so I what I do always say to someone I don't get lost in the what comes first physical symptoms thoughts or emotions because they're all there so I'm not getting lost in what comes where I'm just aware that all of them are there and the beliefs that you hold about yourself about this world about other people about your relationships dating the list goes on that impacts how you are showing up and it impacts the way that you feel and the stories that you they stand in your way so much that we have to reframe them accept them see them you know observe them and ultimately best case scenario change some of them and well change them and get rid of them best case scenario you know worst case scenario is that they completely and utterly lead your life so Mm -hmm. and is this in the well I guess in terms of attachment styles this is moving from an attached to more secure style and slowly addressing and healing yeah and look it's rewriting the what you the scripts that you have rewriting the stories that you tell yourself to the point of some of these they can go away Mm. you know if you do the healing work they can go away but they also let's be realistic as well automatic thoughts they're automatic so here's what, what I always say to my clients is I can't stop a thought coming into your mind you can't stop a thought coming into your mind if I see someone and they remind me of something or I bump into an ex or whatever it is I can't stop the thoughts that are then automatically going to come up but what I can do or I should say you know social media seeing someone engaged um, oh yeah, yeah <laughs> but what you can do is you can decide after that the meaning that's attached you can decide the focus that you can give, give that you can decide whether to have a new dialogue with yourself you can notice the spiral you're going into that's what you've got control over mm, I love yeah. that and can that look like getting curious when you when a thought like that comes up and having yes. awareness around it yeah yeah it can look like it really depends on where you are and what works for you but it can look like being curious it can look like if it's one you don't need to be curious anymore because you're three years down the line and you know that thought it can look like one where you just bounce it back like don't even bother we're not going there or it can look like one where it's like that's new why is that coming up you know Um, and that often happens as we heal and grow and you know your fears and inner critic as you grow they grow (laughs) and as you as you master one negative belief that you hold, um, it will throw something else at you because it's clever like that. <laughs> right, okay, I'm gonna have to go for you somewhere else then if you're you're getting better with that. It's like that that buddy that keeps it'll keep finding its way, you know. But it does get quieter and you can always choose again. You can always choose a new dialogue. And sometimes you'll miss it and you'll ruminate for two hours and worry for two hours and then you'll catch yourself. And always for me, it's really looking at those stories. It's often the same stories, especially if it's that abandonment wound. It's the same stories. Might be different words, but it's the same core wound. It's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Melanie says evolution and growth over a lifetime. I think there's, yeah, you're not going to. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's ongoing yeah yeah you and you know what I learned how long will it take how long will it take <laughs> when is it done I've had enough <laughs> don't wait like just get started don't wait mm. you know mm. you know what I learned recently about 
Facebook as well in terms of social media is that it prioritizes life events. So like if someone buys a house, if someone gets engaged, if someone shares a picture of their baby, like that will come to the top of your profile because Facebook, the algorithm prioritizes life events. Um, I did not so, know that. Yeah, it's fascinating. I was like, oh, that's why they come up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I see it that much but I really have I don't know if I've just trained myself so so well um but just where I am in my life at this moment it, I yeah at the moment it doesn't trigger me that heavily but I know it's something that really really triggers people but that's come with a lot of work for me to get there <laughs> yeah yeah I'm the same as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm you'll like the next one um, yeah so we're on you aren't we yes <laughs> um it's understanding love styles or attachment otherwise known as attachment styles so I feel like we really discussed that but once you know your pattern of how you attach and then a little you know a bit about why I say to people you don't have to go and do the childhood work no one can make you do that and if it's something you don't want to do that doesn't mean you can't change and can't do any useful you know the work um but it is powerful to understand how this has come to be without judgment without blame that's not what it's about and just to acknowledge ah okay so I attach this way this is what intimacy makes me feel like this people getting close makes me react like that you know so we don't have to keep telling those stories of you know oh yeah no nice guys or secure guys they're boring and they turn me off and it's just like if you understood your attachment style you might not say that big time yeah my story was um that relationships and love always had to be a roller coaster ride <laughs> and um I'd say yeah when I learned about attachment styles I was like oh there's a pattern here I've been dating like prior to um, my current partner like they were all dismissive avoidant for sure <laughs> it was like the thrill of the chase the roller coaster ride that was like that's what I thought was the norm <laughs> same same here and that is yeah and it's that chaos that I spoke about that was just normal you know but it's so you don't realize so much of that chaos is still from your internal world it's often we, we look at it and it's easier to blame it on those people. It's easier to try and get them to pick us. And that's what it's all about when it's so much to do with just what's familiar to you. Yeah. Yeah. And a realization that I also had, and it was interesting when you said about like that label of the villain for the dismissive avoidant or the, I think my label for it was like the cool guy or something like that. And, um, or the cool person and, um, and yeah, and then actually bringing lots of compassion to like, are they dismissive avoidant based on, you know, potentially childhood learned patterns? Like, and you're like, okay, <laughs> like you can bring some compassion to that. And mm. I would, I always say to people, I'm sure it'd be really hard to find any material that I've ever done um, where I'm not. I don't have that compassion and I don't mean it in that I've got compassion for them kind of way I mean it in I'm as unavailable as they are otherwise I wouldn't be giving them the time of day mm. you know, giving them the time of day if I was available for secure healthy happy love we it's the perfect dance and we entertained each other and danced very well together they gave me what I needed which was the chase oh, yeah. <laughs> and and be picked and you know I gave them what they needed which was someone unavailable that they didn't have to commit to <laughs> like it's the perfect dance um and you just have to decide when you've had enough of that and you'll know when you have but people go on to the next person and think this is going to be different this time and then it ends up the same so well, what's going on here okay but this time it is going to be different because I've I'm, I'm aware of it this time and and now I know not to chase them so yeah but how again I, I know I keep saying it but how do you feel internally yes you know do you feel like you need this person do you feel anxious about this person 
have you healed essentially your heart right Mm, yeah yeah I think that's a a big piece to the self-esteem self-love piece like the the cherry on top for sure like mm. and that that's the thing about all of these everything that this whole process of the the course that I run becoming secure or one that I'm doing at the moment around finding freedom it is at the core of it it's why I've never got rid of the self-esteem and relationship coach because at the core of it is knowing your value knowing your value in this world in your relationships in your space however you want to show up value it and show up how how you wish to because you've got a space you know whatever your story so it's going back to owning that story whatever story you've had you have a space here too Mm, yeah oh yeah love that (laughs) um and that actually the the next one is rewriting your future love story and that is just one of my favorite parts because this is when it gets exciting this is when it's like you get to visualize what you want and the more that you visualize what you want the more you rewrite your future love story the more when you come into contact with that person that you used to date because you will and I don't mean the same one I just mean the the other type of person that you you know you date um they're they're all the same just different suits um you see it and again it's no nothing against them but you see it I was talking what was it recently anyway um I was talking to someone who was my type through and through I was like this is it and he would I feel a bit bad bless him I don't ever listen to this but he would text me he's on his own journey he's on his own um he would text me and honestly I read these texts and it was mind-blowing that I used to get a high and a kick and I would entertain this conversation I did it I didn't not entertain it it was curious I thought let me go on a couple of dates with this person but for the most part I that you know there was one point you can make of this what I made of it but he texts me at half nine on a Friday like you know a bit bored I could come round if you want <laughs> <laughs> make of that what you will I received that and, before yeah, yeah right and it's like and I'm not available for that and it's like um but you know, there's a time where I would have gone, oh, he wants to see me. Oh, he wants yeah. to see me. He just really wants to see me. And there would have been this little alarm bell where I've been like, I remember going on a date with someone who was going away and um, he couldn't meet me. Well, he couldn't meet me until half nine or half 10. Um, and I said, yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, he wants to see me before he goes away that much. You know, I think the next night, I'm not exaggerating when he texted me that he was doing his ironing. <laughs> 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 he went away to LA and he fell off of the face of the earth and um I he was a really significant one for me because that was one where I was like I am not going to chase you Mm -hmm. there is no way he was really really significant in my journey but yeah I fell off the face of the earth oh I thought you really wanted to see me that much you want to see me at half ten at night oh gosh yeah definitely been there with that text like you can tell yourself any story at that point you're like oh they just finished work you know oh how sweet they're thinking of me at this time no like (laughs) but yeah and it's mad like but even just some of the conversations we were having I was looking being like wow I would have been entertained by this it's mad so yeah you get to rewrite your future love story so that you get really clear on what you don't want is basically what I'm getting at <laughs> I love that yeah new standards new boundaries standards, yeah new boundaries and just getting really excited about it as well because why not like I dream really big and I guess standards I mean standards but I also just mean in terms of how I want to feel you know how I want someone to make me feel and me to make them feel and what I want us I'm going for extraordinary that and that's what I want and desire and it's gonna I always say to people if people say oh do you think that's you know the standards are too high I say well we'll just see we'll see I'm willing to be wrong but we'll see (laughs) (laughs) that must be such an interesting experience like with the knowledge that you have now and then receiving that text message and like noticing that behavior you're like with that zoomed out 
perspective but, yeah. but wounds are wounds so he still speaks to my inner child she very much still struggled to put a boundary in with him um I was able to um but not without her you know getting a fright if you like um so wounds are wounds and they're still very much there but the good thing is is struggling to put a boundary in with him also made me think ah this must be because your unconscious sees sees it way before you do so that internal react that's an internal red flag for me if I can't a boundary or I'm there's something in me that feels that's difficult then I know that you probably are that avoidant type or there's something about you that I don't need Mm -hmm. isn't it it's something so helpful when you actually like imagine a red flag like I know this do you know catfish I love catfish yeah <laughs> there was an episode where they were like red flag and they're both like this I sometimes have that in my mind red flag yep yeah absolutely mm. but I do I definitely look at internal red flags a lot more than external because you can get so lost in external and I don't know what they're thinking or doing or if they did actually have work or whatever um so if you know are you eight yeah if you know yourself it really really helps yeah yeah and that self-love self-esteem piece comes in you go, yeah yeah always yeah right. you're like always. I hadn't I had Netflix planned and popcorn anyway like <laughs> spending time with myself <laughs> mm. um and that is that's that's the next one is embodying your secure self feeling your secure self doing the body work that you need to do, have that time by yourself. That is the meditation, the mindfulness. It doesn't have to be these things, but you know, just as examples, the exercise, the um, the walks, the slowness. You know, um, the pausing, the reflecting, the responding, overreacting. Um, it is thinking, what would my secure self do if I was feeling secure right now? what what would I do how would I behave what do I need mm, mm, I love that and when I was having a look at your website I also loved how you said create a life that reaches happiness way beyond your relationship status like mm. that's everything for me because I would lose myself in love you know that's what I I talk about a, a lot um and when I decided I'm going to stop playing small and I'm going to go for this in terms of like healing relationship patterns, I knew that was going to be tough. And I'm going to just, I knew that in order to do that, I was going to have to create a life that I really, really love. I knew that in order to do that, I was going to have to create something bigger. And naturally anyway, when you're doing any kind of healing work and you're getting to know yourself and you're making new decisions, you naturally become more in touch with your intuition and who you are in that niggly voice. So it becomes harder and harder not to create something bigger for yourself. Um, so creating, I, I mean, look, I'm talking about it in terms of business and my daily life, like habits and things like that, and just doing the things that I enjoy. It can look like whatever it looks like to you. And creating that so that someone else is a bonus and also so that you are like I'm happy you can't just come in and steal this or take this or there's a safety net that whatever happens you've always got yourself mm, yeah that inner knowing the inner intuition and yeah I think that also when you know you're happy in yourself it creates a magnetism anyway like it's a nice byproduct so <laughs> 100%. Mm. And it just, you know, everything, who you attract around you, what you attract. I mean, I still have my moments, don't get me wrong. Um, but overall, it's just, it's happiness. You know, it's happiness. And that's what, that's that was the first thing that was ever really important to me. I was interested in what makes us happy you know, what do we do to be happier people? And that's ultimately what we want. You know, I worked in mental health and substance misuse from when I finished uni and you ask, you know, I've always, um, always had a job where I have to do assessments with people and you always ask them, what do you want? What are your goals? I just want to be happy. Well, that's mm -hmm. what we want. We want to be happy. 
Um, but the question is, are you willing to do what it takes to be happy? Because it takes conscious effort. Mm, I love that. Let's finish on that note. I think it's a beautiful <laughs> note to finish on. <laughs> and um, I'd love you to dive into how the audience could work with you or any exciting programs. I know you've got a membership as well. Yeah, feel free to speak about anything you'd love to. So I'll start with the, I mean, always find me on Instagram, which is carly.ann underscore. Um, but the membership, funnily enough, is about everything we've just spoken about. It's called Follow Your Fire, um, because that is what I see it as. And it's for women who lose themselves in love. So it's everything we're talking about. You know, you follow your fire, you create something bigger, you discover yourself, heal yourself. It's all part of the same journey um so that you can stop losing yourself in love and there's a community it's fairly new it's just been open since eight well this month it's april isn't it um since the first of april and it's got about 27 women in there and it's just incredible of them supporting each other similar experiences and um yeah we have workshops we have experts come in we have just um self circles which is just us getting together and listening just listening and, and being able to share and use your voice in a way that perhaps you don't know otherwise how to. Um, but yeah, otherwise you can download. I have a, I've got a free masterclass that I've just um, released, which is all about how to choose a relationship that meets your needs, which I think just suits really well what we're speaking about today. And again, that's carlyann.co.uk forward slash, um, is it free masterclass? Yeah, free masterclass. And I'd say start Easy. there to be honest with you. It's amazing I'll make sure we link it in the notes yeah. yeah of course of course but thank you for having me it's been I could speak about this stuff all day oh you're so welcome thank you thank you so much Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited that you continue to listen and we grow this inner glow getter community. The best place to follow along and make sure you never miss an episode is to be following me on Instagram at Kayla.Benson. I can't wait to connect with you all very, very, very soon in the next episode of the inner glow getter. Lots of love. Thank you.